It is Friday, October 11th here at Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our Week 6 Draft Kings podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schaff, and this podcast is, oh, with me as always is Jared Smola, of course. As always, sometimes I forget about it. But this podcast is sponsored by our partners at Fanshare Sports. Fanshare curates hundreds of pieces of daily fantasy sports-related articles, tweets, and podcasts to create the most accurate ownership projections in the industry. Those projections can be found in the Lineup Builder tool, which is available now on DraftSharks.com, and you can find up-to-date ownership info anytime at FanshareSports.com. On DraftSharks.com, you can find all of Jared's top picks for playing on DraftKings this weekend. He's got you covered with picks for cash games, for GPP lineups. Come Saturday morning, you can find our lineups that we're playing against each other for round six of the Crown is Ass Challenge. And Jared, I tried to forget that you're with me on the podcast because uh, I didn't stand a chance against your freaking DraftKings lineup last week. I mean, let, let's just take a second to admire this thing because it, it is beautiful. <laughs> it is it, it is the best DraftKings lineup I've ever built. I had Deshaun Watson, I had Christian McCaffrey, Will Fuller, Michael Thomas, Aaron Jones, 285 points. Week five was fun. Those five players accounted for 17 touchdowns. <laughs> Please tell me that you played that lineup somewhere else and made some actual money. This was my cash lineup, so I obviously, you know, I won all my cash games, did not play in tournaments. I, I had some other tournament lineups ahead, like 260-something, which, you know, most weeks would be a big score, but last week was just so high scoring. You, yeah. you, you had to get into the 300s to have a chance to win a tournament last week. Right. It was a huge week all over, and I felt the pain from it. Philip Rivers let me down. Uh, David Montgomery continued to stink. The stupid move, though, for me was playing Curtis Samuel at the same price as Will Fuller. Mm. Honestly, as I sit here right now, I have no idea what my thought process was on that last week. Uh, maybe it was because, I, I don't know, maybe I was overthinking it and thinking that you would probably play Will Fuller <laughs> and I was differentiating. I don't know. Whatever it was, it was stupid at this point. I'm just glad that that <laughs> wasn't close to making the difference. If I had lost because of that, then I would still be kicking myself for it. He might have just been a week early on Curtis Samuel. I know he's not on the main slate this week, but I do like him if you're playing that early Sunday morning slate. Yeah, maybe a little showdown or something there. There you go. We'll both be back at it for week six of the Crown is Ass Challenge. You'll be able to see who we're playing against each other. Come Saturday morning, we will post the lineups in the free podcast post on DraftSharks.com. For now, though, Jared, please start us off with a cash quarterback. I'm going Matt Ryan at 6400 bucks. I don't think you need to pay down at quarterback this week in cash. I think you can. I mean, I think Gardner Minshew makes sense if you want to pay down, but I like Matt Ryan at this price. I just love this Cardinals-Falcons game. Both these teams are top five in situation-neutral pace. They're both top 10 in situation-neutral pass rate, so I think we're going to get a lot of plays, a lot of passing. The game has a 51-point over-under, and I, I would bet the over, if anything. Ryan's already gone over 300 yards in all five games this season. That's Big on DraftKings because we get that 300-yard uh, bonus, three points for that. I think he should go over 300 yards again in this one. This is our last Cardinals game without Patrick Peterson, so you know we're going to take advantage of it. It's been it's been working attacking this this Cardinals pass defense. Yeah, I have absolutely no problem with Matt Ryan. He's lit. I would probably start lower when I'm building. I haven't really I've built like one or two lineups on DraftKings so far, so I'll probably start lower and then see how things are as I get further into my lineup. If you do want to go cheaper, I think Gardner Minshew at 5,000, Kirk Cousins at 5,200 are both in play. Minshew's QB 10 in fantasy right now. 
He's got the positive scoring matchup with New Orleans, so I don't think you really have to sell him too hard. Kirk Cousins is in a matchup that heavily favors passing this week. He the the Eagles are unlikely to fall behind them. I think, even though you know Minnesota's the home favorite. It, I could see them winning like a lopsided score this week, but I think it's going to be closer. And all three of Minnesota's wins to this point have been by double digits. So of course they're going to pass a lot less when they're way up and they don't need to. But I think if it's a closer game, maybe we get a little bit more pass volume. Kirk Cousins hasn't been great, but he's also topped 70% completions in four of his five games. He's also averaging 8.3 yards per pass attempt on the year. So it's completely feasible to see him doing fine on, you know, 30 to 35 pass attempts against a weak secondary. Yeah, it really should be a big Kirk Cousins game. And I probably will toss him in a tournament lineup. He, he just scares me for cash, though, because we know, you know, the volume concerns. He actually last week was the first time he topped 14.3 DraftKings points this season so far. Yeah, but Jared, it would not be a DraftKings show if I didn't put out a cash QB that makes sense right now that's going <laughs> to totally implode once the games actually start. Yeah, I, I honestly like Gardner Minshew better if you're going cheap at quarterback. I, I feel like he has the higher floor. Isn't that, isn't that ridiculous? <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine if we were sitting here in August, we're saying, <laughs> you just wait, week six, this sixth round rookie quarterback is going to be a safer play than Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is against the Eagles. And the the Eagles with injured cornerbacks. All right. Yep. Yeah, I mean, that's what fantasy is about, especially DFS. You got you to gotta adjust. All right. So who's your tournament quarterback? Uh, I'm going Lamar Jackson here, 6,900 bucks. He hasn't had a huge game since those first two weeks, but you know he showed in those first two weeks that against bad defenses, he can blow up. He had 36.6 DK points against Miami, 33.9 against the Cardinals. This matchup against Cincinnati is, you know, at least close to as good as those matchups were. Uh, the Bengals are 31st in football outsiders past D rankings. They're 28th in DK points allowed to quarterbacks. And I think just as importantly for Lamar Jackson, the Bengals gave up 46 rushing yards to Josh Allen back in week three. They just gave up 93 rushing yards and a score to Kyler Murray last week. We'll see about Marquise Brown. Sounds like he's a game time decision for Sunday. That would obviously hurt Jackson's passing upside, but I think he can have a good passing game even without Brown. And then, you know, he has the upside to, you know, go over 100 yards on the ground. Right. He could throw for 210 and a touchdown and still have 30 fantasy points because of the rushing side, especially if they take the big lead in this one that the Vegas projections say is likely. I agree with Lamar Jackson. I think if you're you know, paying up and looking for ultimate ceiling production in your quarterback rather than focusing on value. I think Lamar Jackson's there. I think Matt Ryan's there. I don't think he's going to be too highly owned to be on the tournament side. And I certainly think the high ceiling's there with him. I think Russell Wilson is interesting He's projected 3% ownership, and mm-hmm. you know I think normally it, for most quarterbacks with the kind of profile he's got, you would say, well, I'm going to take somebody who might throw it 40 times or you know, Lamar Jackson's a better runner or whatever. Russell Wilson's like the only guy in the league who can have 25 to 30 pass attempts and still present ultimate ceiling potential. So I, I think just because of his low ownership, he is – worth considering this week especially because I don't think that we're likely to get you know this lineup killing performance from Russell Wilson the one time we did recently was one in a matchup that was tremendous against Arizona yeah I like the idea I think if you are gonna get a ceiling game from Russ it's likely that the Browns offense plays well and keeps Seattle throwing so I I like the idea if you play Russ in a tournament so you know include someone like Odell Beckham or even Nick Chubb in that lineup, because again, I think the Browns will have to put points on the board for for Russ to you know have a a thirty point DraftKings day. 
Or Jarvis Landry, who has a positive coverage matchup and is coming in, I think, at either sub 3% or right at 3% projected ownership as well. So, I mean, you can yeah. go all low ownership on that uh, matchup and get the points. Yep, that works. Uh, I think that if you are going cheaper, I think that Case Keenum probably has a higher ceiling than Cousins. I'm not really sure. I mean, if you're going that range, I think you can play either of those. I think Case Keenum at 5,000 is fun for an A lineup against the Dolphins. I certainly wouldn't bet too much money on it. And Andy Dalton at 5,400 is a sleeper, I believe, against Baltimore. Certainly capable of posting a dud as he did against Pittsburgh. But, I mean, if he's heading in at that low rate... And facing a weak defense, weak overall and weak against the pass, in a game where his team is expected to fall way behind, I mean, Mm -hmm. we've already seen that if all those things fall toward Andy Dalton, he can throw for 400 yards in a game. He did it at Seattle this year. Yeah, and I think Tyler Boyd is a pretty easy stack with Dalton, so that kind of makes Dalton a bit more attractive. The two other quarterbacks I like, and what we're going to have named about half the quarterbacks on the week now after this, but I like Kyler Murray in that Falcons-Cardinals game. Murray just scored 25 DraftKings points without throwing a passing touchdown, so you know, it's pretty easy to see him getting 30-plus points this week. Then I like Jared Goff, too. Um, you know, He's at home where he tends to play better. That Rams-Niners game is a couple pa- fast-paced offenses, so I do expect there to be plenty of points scored in that one. Really, it seems like that kind of week on DraftKings. I had trouble mm-hmm. saying this guy is my favorite because I was like, I could play this guy or this guy or this guy or this guy. Yeah, it's a tough week in general, honestly, I think. Over at running back, who's your top pick for cash? Uh, so I want to start by saying that Chase Edmonds and Malcolm Brown will be strong cash plays, if not cash locks, if David Johnson or Todd Gurley doesn't play. So, you know, keep those guys in mind. I think Le'Veon Bell, though, is the cash lock this week. Just 6400 bucks. I guess he's still priced as if Luke Falk is the Jets starter. But, you know, Bell had been producing nicely even with Falk under center. He's averaged 16 DraftKings points per game over the past three weeks with Falk. That's without scoring a single touchdown. You know, Bell's been doing it with the volume. Christian McCaffrey is the only running back that's seen more, that's averaging more opportunities per game. And the matchup's good here for Bell, too. Cowboys are 20th in football outsiders run defense rankings. We just saw them get smashed by Aaron Jones. Dallas is also 21st in football outsiders running back coverage rankings, and they've allowed the second most catches and the fourth most receiving yards to running back. So I think, you know, Bell obviously has big pass catching upside here. Yeah, I think Bell's one where I'm just ignoring the ownership projection for him and having trouble not going with him in pretty much every lineup. I think the only way that he is not at least fine for you is if he gets hurt during this game. Yeah, I'm ignoring ownership on him even in cash and tournaments. I'll have Bell in all of my tournament lineups. Yeah, because I think he brings the ultimate upside as well as the touch safety that we're looking for. And the price is amazing. Plus, Christian McCaffrey's not on the main slate. Dalvin Cook's got a tough matchup. And the matchup's better for Bell than I think it is for Ezekiel Elliott on the other side. I agree. Philip Lindsay, I think, is also in play for cash. He doesn't strike you as a cash guy because you would think he's more volatile, but... I mean, he's been over 27 DraftKings points two of his past three games. He's had 19-plus opportunities in two of those past three. 5300 bucks, so he's not he's fairly inexpensive. Tenth on the slate in DraftKings points per game at the position. 18th on the slate in salary. And Lindsey's caught four passes in four of his five games so far. Facing a matchup this week that's not likely to find the opponent well ahead of them and affecting mm-hmm. the, the run rate, but... You know, we've talked about it before. We can usually count on Denver to run the ball plenty this year anyway, even if game script is not going perfectly for the run game. 
Yep, I'm fine with Lindsay. I'm, I'm I'm done betting against that guy. He's he's too small. He's in a timeshare, but he just keeps putting up big fantasy numbers. There you go. I think Mark Ingram at 6,600 <laughs> is also in consideration for cash just because their matchup is so good against Cincinnati and they're, they're going to score so many points. It's a little bit more expensive relative to everybody else over here than he is on uh, FanDuel, though. Yeah, Ingram's actually my tournament play, and I, I probably won't use him in cash just because of the price. I mean, he's $200 more than Le'Veon Bell, so you know the, the price coupled with the fact that he really doesn't do much in the passing game would probably scare me off in cash games, but I do love him for tournaments. He's already shown upside this season with 25.7 and 38.5 DraftKings points outings. Um, you know, the Ravens, like we said, are big home favorites in this one against a bad Bengals defense. Cincinnati 26th in football outsiders run defense rankings, giving up 5.1 yards per carry to running backs. Only one team has allowed more DK points to running backs than Cincinnati. So you could definitely see Ingram, you know, going over 100 yards and scoring a touchdown or two here. Yep. I mentioned Ingram there because I think he's a bridge guy. I have him in tournament as well. I, I could see stacking Lamar Jackson and Mark Ingram this week. Also, you could even also add Mark Andrews. I think this is really a game where Baltimore has a shot at scoring 40 plus. Yeah, you could stack Lamar with Ingram. I usually want a pass catching running back if I'm stacking, you know, quarterback and running mm-hmm. back. But, you know, Baltimore could run for 250 yards in this game. But um, yeah, Andrews is my preferred stack with Lamar Jackson. Yeah. So, I mean, you mentioned Malcolm Brown, Chase Edmonds. I'll be curious to see what their own rates are if the two starters ahead of them are ruled out. Chase Edmonds is already at 14% projected ownership, even with David Johnson not yet ruled out. So I think those numbers are going to get pretty high. But they're, you know, they kind of fill the the Wayne Gallman spot from a couple weeks ago. Daryl Henderson, though, at 3,200 will get interesting Mm -hmm. if Todd Gurley is ruled out for that game. Sean McVay said, There's also going to be a time that we're going to rely on Daryl Henderson. It might end up being this week. Yeah, I'd be curious to see what his ownership would be if Gurley's ruled out like later Friday afternoon here. Um, I mean, Henderson was a fantasy darling all offseason. I mean, really, for who knows why. I mean, you know, we never heard for sure he was going to play a big role. He struggled in the preseason. He's obviously a big play guy and that price tag. I wouldn't hate it. I would, you know, if Gurley's out, I'm expecting something like a 70-30 split in favor of Malcolm Brown. Yeah, I mean, Henderson is interesting on the pass-catching side, too, where they might be without... Do we, What's the latest on Brandon Cooks? Do we know how likely he is to get back? Yeah, it sounds like he's going to be good. He hasn't officially been cleared yet, but it sounds like McVeigh expects him to be ready by Sunday. Okay, yeah. I mean, Daryl Henderson, worth a look. I wouldn't put him higher than that. And one more tournament running back I'll throw out there is Damian Williams at 5700 bucks. Mm-hmm. Not a terrific price, but... The guy's seen 15 targets already in three games. Two of those games were easy victories, and one of those games he left early, so there's receiving upside to him, especially if both sides are shooting out in this one. And he opened the season as their preferred goal line guy, certainly has the potential to be that guy in this game as well. LaShawn McCoy is coming off a rough outing. Yeah, I like that call. I like the running back on the other side of that game too, Carlos Hyde, which which is rare for me to say. Yeah, a little uh, riskier on DraftKings than he has on FanDuel, but uh, yeah. I, can't, I can't argue with the upside. Yeah, definitely tournament only for Carlos Hyde. Yeah. Wide receiver, who are you playing on cash? Mohamed Sanu, the, the most underrated wide receiver in fantasy football year in, year out. 4500 bucks on DraftKings this week. He, he checks in as the top dollars per point value based on our projections. Sanu has four plus catches in every game this season. Uh, he has five plus catches in four of the five games. Averaging 12.7 DraftKings points per game, you know that, that's a fine number at this price tag. He has 13.7 DK points in three straight games. Again, I love this Cardinals-Falcons game in general, so I want to get pieces of it. Sanu actually has the best matchup, too. The Cardinals have allowed the most fantasy points to slot receivers this season. Sanu has played 86% of his snaps in the slot this year. 
Yeah, I can definitely see that. Tyler Boyd at 6,300 is a chalkier play, but his projected ownership is not as high as I might have expected it to be. There's target safety to him. It's a match. It's a nice matchup. Not only is it a weak defense, but his team is expected to lose by a lot, which should have Cincinnati passing even more than usual. Ravens have allowed have allowed the ninth most points to slot receivers so far, so a positive matchup anyway. And we saw Tyler Boyd more than double his nearest teammate in targets last week against Arizona. Yeah, he's just been getting awesome volume all season, so tough to argue with Boyd. Yeah, I'll, I'll also throw out either Broncos receiver, Cortland Sutton, 5000 bucks, Emmanuel Sanders, 4800 Both of those guys sit top three in our DK dollars per point projections. Both mm-hmm. are among the top 10 in our PPR floor projection for the week. Sutton's been the safer play so far, four-plus catches in every game, and he's got upside in his downfield ability, 15.4 yards per catch on the season. Both of these guys are also projected for sub 4% ownership. So I, I think that they're good enough to be in play for cash. And I also think that there's enough upside for both the own rate and for just production to be tournament considerations as well. Yeah, I agree. I think both guys are mispriced, especially Court and Sutton. So who you got for a tournament wide up? I'm going Odell Beckham, man. I mean, <laughs> there's not a ton of numbers you can point to. I mean, his usage has been fine. He's ninth among wide receivers and targets. He's 11th among wide receivers and air yards. It's really just a bet on his talent and this price discount we're getting. 6800 bucks for Odell Beckham. He's $1,300 cheaper than he was in week one. I mean, it, it's as cheap as I can remember Beckham being since I've been playing on DK. The matchup's fine. Seattle 12th in DK points allowed to wide receivers. So yeah, again, it's just, you know, I think Beckham's going to have a big week one, one of these weeks here. So I think it makes sense just to toss him into tournament lineups. Yeah, Julio Jones and DeAndre Hopkins are both projected for well over 20% ownership. It's tough to avoid them, though. I think they're the best bets on the slate for a blow-up kind of week this week. I mean, Julio's target share is down, so either we should get used to his target share just being down because the pass offense is changing a little bit, or we're in for some kind of correction or at least a kind of blow-up game where he just dominates the targets. And it, it would be a good setup this week for that kind of game against a weak Arizona secondary that's, you know, not starting anybody that's near his par as a player. Uh, he's yeah. 600 more dollars than DeAndre Hopkins. So uh, that might make it challenging and we're going to have to watch the hip issue. Yeah. Uh, we'll watch the hip. Doesn't seem serious. Um, I, I prefer Hopkins among those two just for the $600 savings, but I agree. They're both obviously high upside tournament plays. I think Tyreek Hill too should be in tournament lineups, assuming he gets clear for this game. 6,900 bucks for Tyreek. Yeah, I agree. On the lower owned end, I want to throw out Alshon Jeffrey at 5,800 bucks. He's seen 30% of Eagles targets over the past two games. He's projected for less than 1% ownership and he's getting Xavier Rhodes in a likely shadow matchup. Xavier Rhodes has been playing poorly so far. So that used to be a matchup to worry about. Now it might even be one to target. Alshon Jeffrey's already been getting targeted by his quarterback. The Eagles are not dynamic running the ball, and they're facing one of the toughest run defenses in the league in a game where they're underdogs. I mean, I could see more passing volume. I could see lots of targets for Alshon Jeffrey in this game. Yeah, Jeffrey actually wasn't in my like player pool first time I ran through it, but then I saw that ownership and I, and I added him to my list just because I think you know if he's going to be one percent owned, you know he, he definitely makes sense as a flyer. Yeah, we'll also have to watch the injuries on the Cardinals wide receivers side because Keyshawn Johnson's hanging out at thirty nine hundred and a low ownership projection. If yeah. you know any, if either between Christian Kirk or Demir Bird remains out for this game. 
Yeah, I think it was seven targets for Keyshawn Johnson last week. Tight end, what you got for cash? I don't know how you avoid Austin Hooper here. I mean, he leads all tight ends in DraftKings points per game, and he's playing the Cardinals, who have allowed the second most DraftKings points to the position. So, you know, Hooper checks in easily the best dollars per point value based on our projections. So, you know, he's going to be chalky, but in cash games, I'm just going to roll with him. Yeah, I can see that. Top five in our DK dollars per point are four guys who are 4,800 plus and Noah Fant. So no offense, a little tough to bet on for cash, even with the 2,900 bucks. I guess, you know, if you really want to just save that and spend that elsewhere, then you can go for Fant even on the cash side. But I agree. It's tough to look past Austin Hooper. There are other attractive options, though. I think Mark Andrews is not only attractive for a tournament lineup because he's projected for less than 6% ownership, but I think Mark, you can play Mark Andrews on the cash side. He's seen seven plus targets in every game. The matchup is strong against Cincinnati, one of the worst tight end defenses in the league. The game outlook is strong for Baltimore scoring. I think you have to watch the status of his shoulder, but after Andrews missed Wednesday's practice, he returned to a limited Thursday. So it doesn't seem like we'll have to worry about that too much. Yeah, I like the setup in general at tight end this week just because I think everyone's going to flock to Austin Hooper. So I think Andrews is an awesome awesome tournament play. I think George Kittle is an awesome tournament play at just $200 more expensive than Austin Hooper. Kittle coming off a 20.8 DraftKings point outing uh, on Monday night there against the Browns. Again, I think it's going to be a shootout with the Rams and 49ers this weekend. George Kittle's last three lines against the Rams, four catches for 100 yards, five catches for 98 yards and a score, nine catches for 149 yards and a score. Yeah, I will caution that since then they added Eric Weddle and he's their main tight end guy. And they're, according to Football Outsiders, they're much better in tight end coverage this week. But it's George Kittle. I mean, he's one of the, at least one of the three best tight ends in the league, if not top two. So he's certainly capable of outplaying even a tough matchup. Exactly. I'll, I'll take Kittle in that matchup. Yeah. On Kearney's side, I'm, as I said, I'm considering Mark Andrews there. I think Noah Fanton play if you want to save the money there and spend it elsewhere. And I think Will Disley is going to go lower owned than he should. He's in a positive matchup against Cleveland. If the Browns do score some points in this game, then it'll push Seattle into passing the ball more. And Disley has been squarely involved in that. I believe that it was like 23% of the targets over the two games since Nick and mm-hmm. I left. Yep, like it. All right, so for flex, I think we're still talking about some tight ends here because Austin Hooper, Noah Fant, and George Kittle all rank among our top six values in DK dollars per point across positions. Zach Ertz wow. is sitting there at 11th. He's going to be low-owned because of the matchup with Minnesota. So I think it's worth considering putting a tight end in that flex spot because their prices look even better when you compare them with similar similarly play, priced running backs and wideouts as opposed to tight ends. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't do it in cash games, but I think in, in tournaments it definitely makes sense this week. Cash games, a couple cheaper running backs we didn't talk about. Leonard Fournette, I still think, is underpriced at 6700 bucks for the usage he's getting. He actually trails only McCaffrey and Le'Veon Bell in opportunities per game. And then Chris Carson down at 6000 bucks. He popped up on injury report on Thursday. Um, I think it was a shoulder, so keep an eye on that. But as long as he's healthy, you know, he, he's a good bet for another 20 touches in Cleveland this week. Yeah, I think Derrick Henry's also in play in the same range, 6100 bucks. Nice matchup for him against Denver. They've given up a lot of running back touchdowns, plus that 200-yard day to Leonard Fournette. Damian Williams in play. I think Larry Fitzgerald's also in play, 6100 If you didn't yeah. play him at wide receiver, he's projected for just 11.3% DK ownership. I would have bet that he would be much higher than that. He's higher than that on FanDuel for the week. 
Yep, I like Fitz. Um, yeah, he, he's a better value on FanDuel, so that makes sense. Yeah, and, and we'll watch Christian Kirk. He's at 5200 bucks. If he's back and, you know, it sounds like he's going to be a full go, I think he makes sense at that price tag. Mm-hmm. All right, so defense. I think you. I think I know that the first team that you're going to talk about here. <laughs> yeah, you, you know I love paying down at defense, and DraftKings has made the New York Jets $1,500. Now, according to Adam Leviton, who actually works for DraftKings, this is cheapest the defense has been since week one of 2014. So I guess at some point, DK did, you know, go sub 2000 with these, but it's definitely the first time we've seen it this year. The Jets aren't a good standalone play. We have them 27th among 28 teams in our week six defense rankings, but the Jets still pop as the best dollars per point value. They are at home, at least. Cowboys, both of their offensive tackles are, de- are dealing with injuries. You know, one or both of them might miss this game. But again, it's it's just the savings. I mean, I think it's at least worth putting the Jets in a lineup and seeing what you can build around them because, you know, you, you can do a lot of good stuff with the defense this cheap. I agree. And those tackles, Tyron Smith, Lyle Collins, both missed practice Wednesday and Thursday. So a chance that they both miss this game. Dak Prescott's coming off a game where he threw three picks and took three sacks at home. I mean, recently he has had a tougher time producing on the road. It was not good at New Orleans. Last year's home road splits were bad. And the Jets are actually an above average defense, according to Football Outsiders metrics. They're 10th in overall DVOA. You know, they lost big to the Eagles last week, but two of the Eagles' touchdowns were defensive. Philly only scored 17 offensive points against them. So, yeah, I mean, a $1,500 defense is going to be worth considering no matter who it is. The fact that it's a decent defense playing at home, it definitely makes the Jets worth a look. They're going to be over double digit in ownership rate, but yeah. it's not going to be so high that it makes you forget about them, I don't think. Yeah, pr- probably a cash game play for me. I probably avoid them in tournaments at that ownership. It's funny, though. The Jets are actually second among main slate defenses in DraftKings points per game. They've scored three defensive touchdowns, so you know that that's what's fueling that. They also have eight takeaways through their first four games. So, you know, it's been an opportunistic defense. And re- I mean, this game in general, the Jets are reeling. Now they get their quarterback back. They're at home. They're against a good team. I mean, there's a chance that we just get this fired up Jets team. Maybe they get a score early and they start getting momentum. I, I think there's a chance that we get that kind of game from the Jets where it just goes a lot more their way than you might expect. Love it. Lock them in. <laughs> Elsewhere at defense, I'm also considering the Vikings at 2,600 against the Eagles, mm-hmm. Seahawks at 3,400 at the Browns, Washington at 3,200 at the Dolphins, though I can't say I'm excited at that price. And then the Titans are sneaking in there at 2,900 at the Broncos. It's a, It hasn't been a terrific matchup, but it's one of those matchups that is capable of paying off in a given week. Yeah, I think the Vikings are, you know, this the second best value behind the Jets. So if you have that, you know, extra... 1100 bucks, I would go up to Minnesota. And then, yeah, Washington is probably a defense I'll use in tournaments. I mean, it, it feels gross paying 3200 for that defense, but it's just playing the matchup, and we know matchups are what matter most with defenses. Mm-hmm. Well, that's going to do it for this week six edition of our DraftKings podcast. Head over to DraftSharks.com now to read all of Jared's top picks for playing on DK this weekend. Check out our full week six rankings. Mess around with the lineup builder tool. That's where you can find DK dollars per point projections, ceiling projections, and customizable strategy options. Check back Saturday morning to see who Jared and I are playing against each other in the Crown His Ass Challenge. You can also find us on Twitter. We are at DraftSharks. Jared is at SmolaDS. I am at ShaufDS. That's S-C-H-A-U-F. For Jared Smola and the rest of the DraftSharks crew, I'm Matt Schauf saying thanks so much for swimming with us. 